You are in the studio with the Edutech Project. This is episode four. You have to decide. We're going to try to do things differently, provided that they're better. One child, one teacher can change the world. Education is the only solution. Let's think beyond the normal stuff and, and have an environment where that sort of thinking is encouraged and rewarded and where it's okay to fail. You are in the studio with the Edutech Project. And now your hosts, coming to you from Northern England, Dan Fitzpatrick and Ben Whitaker. Hi, welcome to episode four. My name is Ben Whitaker. My name is Dan Fitzpatrick. We are really looking forward to this latest episode of the podcast. Coming up today, we have got an interview with Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com. We're going to be looking at Trello as our featured tool, and then we're going to be talking about some cool people you can go and follow as part of your online PLN. Let's get going. But before we get going, Dan, how's your week been? My week has been fantastic. Um, Yesterday, broke up for the Easter holidays. Ben, you've still got another week to go, haven't you? Boo. Yeah, so on a holiday now, fantastic. And uh, you know what really gets me, this is going to be sound really sad, but what gets me really excited for the holidays, because term time obviously is so busy, get to experiment with new tech tools. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so obviously I'm going to have a break as well, I'm not that sad, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so can't wait to, to just check out some of the, the new stuff that people are mentioning, Um Get on it, have a have a go, so that when I get back after Easter, I can uh, try and implement some of that in the classroom. Uh, yeah, it's been past week as well. We've been doing um, mock exams at school, um, so all of our all of our students have been in the exam hall with a familiar sight to many of us. And I couldn't I couldn't help thinking I was standing at the front, I was invigilating, um, you know, like the the prison officer like, <laughs> <laughs> when you get called up to be the prison officer for an hour uh, in invigilation uh-huh. and uh, as I was just as I was looking out I was, it was a group of year 11s um, so top year in high school for our American listeners they're practicing their exams and I was just thinking and quite a an unconventional thought really but I was just thinking when are the a lot of this content I think it was maths so any math teachers out there um, sorry <laughs> I know it's coming <laughs> yeah uh, you, you can email me I won't read them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can. Uh, I was just thinking that when are they, a lot of this stuff, when are they ever going to need to know this stuff ever again? Like, what these simultaneous equations? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest; I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but I was just, yeah, a lot of that stuff. When are they ever going to have to know it again? And I know we 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 bang on and bang on about the uh, the Economist Future Skills Report. And that what the skills that the workplace are looking for in terms of communication, problem solving, yeah, it just it got to me really. I was just thinking, is there any way we can, can we examine students on those skills? Do we need to? It kind of links back to our last podcast with Casey Bell, where she addressed some of those issues. So uh, nice little plug for the last podcast if you haven't listened to it. Uh, Get back onto episode three, Ben. Do you know that? I just love the irony of what you're talking about. <laughs> the irony of we are RE teachers telling people about the <laughs> about things that perhaps are, are useless and not going to be used. Going whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, well, I, or we could open up a can of worms here that could be <laughs> like religion and politics. You should never mention on a podcast. Uh, but but anyway, yes. Well, th- my week's been pretty cool. Uh, I've started um, a little bit of work at a new school and. Um, they know that I'm a bit of a, a, a tech nerd and, and trying to uh, play with some stuff. And uh, so I'm just starting and a, one of the women is going to be leaving from school and uh, they wanted to try and capture the thoughts of the students and the staff before this, this member of staff left. And uh, nice. they, they said to me, um, have you got any way that we could do this? And uh, straight away, there were two thoughts that came to mind and we were actually going with both of them. And one of them is um, Flipgrid, uh, that people can re- record their videos. What's up, Ben? It's not like you to mention Flipgrid on the oh, podcast. Flipgrid, guys. If you go to flipgrid.com, you can create your own little videos uh, as part of a grid. So I've been doing that uh, and people are going to record their own videos. And the other thing is, we wanted to create a nice little uh, scrapbook um, with, with all the messages that were written from students and from staff uh, and even from parents so we've we've done that through a google form which is which is really cool so um yeah cool little t- tech tools that are used in 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 non-conventional ways so
in this section of the podcast, we just like to talk about some of the updates that are going on in the ed tech world. And I, I came across something the other day. I don't even know if it's new. I don't even know if it's an update. But I was... <laughs> I'm getting excited. Uh, I... I was on a Google. I was on Google Forms. Uh, if anyone knows me, I, I love I love Google Forms. Oh, Dan, uh, Dan, what's Google Forms? Tell us about this. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, back at you. <laughs> Uh, Google Forms, a uh, nice survey tool from Google, but can be used in so many ways uh, in terms of AFL assessments for your students. Um, that was me falling asleep, by the way, not, not, not clearing my throat. <laughs> Is there a horse coming? <laughs> uh, so- <Nah>. get, out, <laughs> get out. That was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, I was on Google Forms, and I noticed when you click on... Um, little tip for any... If you're on any of the G Suite, the, the Google apps... There tends to be three little dots in a corner somewhere. If you click on those dots, you can normally come across extra features. So I clicked on that, and I noticed there was a an option for a pre-filled link. And that means if you click that, you can go through and pre-fill the Google form, and then it gives you a link to that pre-filled Google form. And um, I just thought that it's fantastic, and I, I used it straight away, and I used it for a waggle. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what a waggle is, it's a what a good one looks like. So able to to give your students a copy of it so they can see, give them the link and they can see, especially if they're doing extended writing things like that, what an actual good answer looks like. So yeah, I used it with with my six formers this week. Cool. Uh, another great little update, and um, if any of you are using Google Sites, there's a couple of updates here. Uh, the the first one is that you can now add a favicon I think that's how you say it, a favicon favicon in Google Sites which means like your own little in the corner of every uh, website that you can put your own little image and you can change your Google Sites so it's not actually the Google Sites logo anymore, you can now put your own in there so that's a cool that's little cool. feature. So if you're if you, if you like bookmarking it to your, um, to your bookmark bar it comes up with that icon. Yeah, so that's, that's cool. cool so it's your own, you can make it your own if you, if you, if you want to do that Nice. Um, yeah. Also, I just noticed uh, on Twitter just before we came on, uh, uh, someone was talking about how now you can upgrade your old Google sites to new Google sites. If anyone uh, is not familiar with this, uh, there was a, an old application for making Google sites, um, and they brought—I think it was last year, the year before—they brought a, a new platform for making Google sites, which is a bit more intuitive, um, a bit more user-friendly. And they just brought the ability to take your old Google site and transform it into a new Google site. So if you're still working on old Google sites, that should be a handy tool for you. We are going to be doing a, an episode about Google Sites really soon, so um, watch your space for that. But we think, because we think Google Sites have got a great place in the classroom. Final one is a um, is it is an interesting new feature that's going to be coming in the next few weeks, uh, depending on on your release schedule for the for the G Suite stuff. And that is the fact that in Docs, Sheets, and Slides, there's going to be a dashboard feature. And this dash, dashboard feature is going to be people who have edit access to. Um, to these areas and you can find out who has opened your file when they've opened it um, and and who it's been shared with so that's a really cool feature in terms of accountability but also um, when people say um, I didn't get this you can say uh, actually I did I shared it with you on the 27th of March 2017 and you haven't even opened it yet so uh, yeah but that's not the only reason it's, it'd be a cool little overview of what you've got and I know that they are doing some real big updates in Drive in terms of you understanding that so cool and if anyone's wondering uh, Ben is available for impressions uh, voiceovers <laughs> voiceover voiceover artist I think I can be a cool voiceover artist <laughs> he played the music then to get me off <laughs> So there are so many ways, as you hopefully know by now, to get involved with the show. You can email us, project at gmail.com. We're also on social media on Facebook, www.facebook.com forward slash project, And on Twitter, please do tweet us. We spend a lot of our time on Twitter, so it'd be nice to hear from you on Twitter. www.twitter.com forward slash pro or at theedutechpro. Pro. Got some big news. We got a winner for our last episode's competition with Casey Bell, haven't we? Yes, we have. Uh, so Casey came on last episode and was really kind to give us a seat in her new course, which is the 18 Challenges for Teachers in 2018. Um, a brilliant um, opportunity to get badges and, and, and learn some, some cool PD there. And the winner um, is the board delinquent who left us a lovely... Um, a, a lovely review. Are you, uh, you going to use your voiceover voice to uh, to, to read, read it. to read the review out? This is a this is a 
So if I was a bored delinquent, this day I would read it. This pug. No, I won't do that. I won't do that. <laughs> I'll speak in my normal voice. Um, this is my normal voice, everyone. This podcast keeps you laughing and learning all at the same time. The banter between the horses is fun to listen to, and they cover all types of educational technology topics. That's uh, that, that's re- it's really nice. I mean, just be I mean, to turn to a serious moment. It's really nice to get that that feedback and that that review and kind of makes it all worth it really so thanks for listening and hopefully if if this is helping you if you're getting something from this then uh, please do let us know the, the only problem is uh, <laughs> delinquent, uh we, we don't know who you are to send you the the pri- the casey bell prize um so please do email us the edutech project at gmail.com uh, with your name and and we can get back to you with that prize so the uh, couple of other notices announcements from us. Uh, first one is that everything that we talk about today is in our show notes. Uh, you can go and get them from the website www.theedutechproject.com/podcast, and you'll be able to find out all um, of what's going on. There's links there, clickable links, and what we're talking about. And uh, we're also really excited. Not only have we got Matt Miller on our show today, uh, we're looking forward to in the next couple of weeks speaking to Ross McGill. You know how much. I love Ross McGill teacher <laughs> toolkit um, uh, we are really excited that he will be coming and featuring on our podcast really really soon anything else that we've got coming up in this this year Dan um, if, you, if you've listened to the podcast before you might know that we've got uh, a summit coming up so the, the Edutech Summit 2018 on June the 29th in Lancashire if you know if you don't know where Lancashire is it's in the northwest of England the uh, right side of the Pennines everyone <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know anything about that. I'm from Newcastle in the northeast. So uh, <laughs> yeah, um, as you as you might have guessed by the accent. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be fantastic. Uh, we've got a, a great line of of speakers there. Um, have a look on our website www.theedutechproject.com forward slash events, and we've just announced a new keynote speaker. And we're really excited about this. Who, who have we got coming up then? So we met a guy a few years ago who really inspired us trying to do some stuff on safeguarding and you might have seen my recent blog post about safeguarding. Um, he is uh, the founder of eCadets and uh, Henry Platten is going to be joining us and uh, he's going to be talking to us about uh, GoBubble, um, he's safe social networking for under 13s and uh, e-safety and all the things that go with that but he's also going to be coming and speaking at our summit. So we are really, really excited about that and he's going to be featuring on the podcast real soon too. Yeah, it's. Uh, I just think we, we talk about educational technology a lot, and I think that's a question on people's minds, uh, especially on parents, teachers' minds. Are we keeping our kids safe yeah. on, online? Obviously, there's a lot of lot of issues out there. So he's going to come on and talk about that. So exciting! Yeah, yeah. Uh, should we get on to our main feature? Matt Miller is a teacher, a blogger, and a presenter from Indiana in the United States of America. His first book, Ditch That Textbook, was released in 2015 and has influenced teachers all over the world. His second book, Ditch That Homework, written with Alice Keeler, was published last year. He writes his blog at ditchthattextbook.com about using technology and creative ideas in teaching. He is a Google-certified innovator, and he was named... Top to watch in 2016, and he is winner of the WTHI-TV Golden Apple Award. Onolitica named him one of the top 10 influencers in educational technology and in e-learning worldwide. Matt has presented to thousands of teachers across the world in keynotes, workshops, summits, on educational technology, and so much more. So here he is, Matt Miller, welcome to In The Studio with The Edutech Project. Your latest book is called Ditch That Homework. It's quite a revolutionary idea. Are you really suggesting that teachers stop giving students homework? Well, yeah, um, I, I guess I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the idea really in Ditch That Homework is, um, it's basically that there are so many things that we can do that have a greater effect on kids and their learning than giving homework. Um, You know, if you look at research, the first place I always tend to go and people always seem to ask me about homework is the research side. And research is such a tricky thing when it comes to homework because, um, A, it hasn't been able to prove homework as a best practice. And B, 
the thing about research on homework is that you can find research that backs up whatever you want to believe about homework. It's so all over the place and they all measure different things and they all come up with different, different stuff because it's so hard to pin down exactly what homework is. And, um, but even the, even the research doesn't, um, you know, isn't, isn't able to say that it's a good practice. Like for instance, there's this guy named Harris Cooper who did this great big meta analysis of all of these studies about homework. Kind of like imagine pulling them all together and saying, what can we learn from all of these? And it basically said that the effect size of homework, which is, you know, if, if kids didn't do homework versus if they did it, how much does doing it bump their achievement scores up? And it showed that in the elementary levels, you know, like uh, for us, kindergarten through fifth grade, um, it was basically non-existent. It wow. didn't have any effect on those achievement scores with um, what we would call here in the state's middle school. Um, the the, the uh, what is it? The effect size is only like point zero nine, which is like teeny tiny, not hardly wow. anything for all of the time that you pour into it. Wow. And even when you get up into the upper levels, it's still the, the effect size is only like point two nine or something, which is still not a desirable amount of effect for something that you do. And even even if you look at John Hattie's uh, best practices, they're correlated to research. Uh, homework is still a, a below average practice there. So I mean, there there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence that homework just isn't producing the results that we like, but there are things that do produce results. And so I guess the premise of the book is let's use some of those strategies instead of just giving homework. I, I think that that's going to be quite a, a difficult thing to hear for the average teacher, uh, especially sure. in the UK. And I'm just thinking right. it, our, our GCSE exams, which are kind of like uh, the main exams that students have to do in high school over here, mm-hmm. the the content ha- has kind of gone through the roof. They've become very content heavy. And a way that a mm-hmm. lot of teachers are dealing with that is taking on a flipped uh, learning model so that the, the students before the lesson or getting to grips with the content on their own so that when they get into the classroom they can apply the content um Mm -hmm. that's becoming more and more common practice i'm just thinking if there wasn't that homework space for them then it's going to be really difficult to teach that much content yeah but okay i'll and i'll i'll even push back on that just a little bit and say you know with all of that content how much of it are they actually remembering and how much of it are they actually applying and you know i think that in and you know pretty sort of all over the world i feel like we've become so content heavy it's like we have to learn all of the dates of all of these wars and we have to learn all of these you know all of these equations to science and math and we have to learn all of the different things about all these different books that we study when when we go out into the real world if we're going to be really honest about it the skills that we have of being able to solve problems and to do critical thinking and to communicate and collaborate in the five the four c's and everything you know i mean i I just got to think, and I mean, you have to you have to live within the world that you live in, you know. So yeah. just yeah, yeah. because we talked about how uh, there maybe there's too much content, that's not going to change the way that schools are in the UK. Yeah. But you know, I just got to think that are we really sort of shooting ourselves in the foot by requiring kids to remember and regurgitate all of this content when the world doesn't really ask us to do that when? You know, information a lot of times is a Google search away. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you have to have information to be able to do some of this thinking, but some of it you can co- you can conjure that up on a cell phone or a or a computer. And so, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Again, it just gets back into the deeper picture of what are we doing in schools and is it preparing kids for the future that they really want? So I, think, I hope that didn't get like way too, too deep and no, 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 philosophical I, or anything, but that's, that's just where my brain goes on that discussion. Yeah. yeah. And I think that that would be, I think as soon as we introduce that topic, that is probably the first question that's going to come to a lot of teachers. minds. Yeah. yeah I, I, it seems like whenever I, it seems like whenever I interact with the educators in the, in the UK, you guys see the, either see the value or term, perceived value of homework or it maybe it's even more ingrained in schools over there than it is here in the United States and it's even it's even sort of countercultural here in the United States too but I just I mean the big the big question I keep coming back to is 
do you really think that homework is really, really producing the results that you want? I, I, I mean, think, if we're going to be yeah. really honest about it, that's the big question I have. I, I absolutely, absolutely, I'm with you, and I think um, as a as a parent of um, of young children as well who are, are right. bring, bringing homework home, and my my eldest daughter's seven. Uh, and so she's she's mm-hmm. bringing home reading every evening, which I think I think that's slightly different. Reading is good. Yeah. I, think, I think that's slightly different. But in terms of in terms of written homework, she's not bringing up home as much. But when she is actually, and I know this is the one of the things you talk about in the book, um, it's actually the parents that that tend to do a lot of this homework rather than rather than the, rather than the students. So I think that's that's cool. But I think in terms of m- m- taking it to the next level, because I, I I'm absolutely with you. You know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm yeah. I'm trying to get things in terms of ditching other things, ditching marking and all that kind of stuff right, as well. Right, yeah. Um that um how do we go go about convincing like leadership teams or administrators about ditching homework is a great idea. So if you were if you're a teacher listening to this and they're thinking, Yeah, okay, that sounds great, but now I need to go back to my administration and say, um, <laughs> let's ditch the homework, how would you go about that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard. That's a hard sell. Whenever you go into leadership and you say, I want to quit giving homework. <laughs> and even if you even if you had, let's say that you even had a bunch of research on your side that said that this is a best practice. If it's tradition in the school, it's so hard. I mean, you guys have seen it before too. In schools, it's so hard to change tradition even if you know, all signs point toward the fact that it it needs to be changed. So the thing that I always come back to is that it's hard to argue with results. Results are kind of the language that everybody speaks. And so I'd say if we start, if if this is something that we want to do, we start small. And maybe we get rid of a little bit of the homework and we keep an eye on, I mean, you can keep an eye on the grades, that's fine. Um, But what I'd want to keep an eye on also is my students' proficiency, which sometimes even grades aren't a great measure of that. But in other ways, too, I'd say like anecdotally and, you know, just the way that they think and the way that they explain things, you know, just gather all of that evidence and if you get rid of that homework a little bit and you see improvements in other areas, but you know, if, if you start to see a little bit of that and you start to see those results, now you've got something you can build off of. Yeah. And then maybe you ditch it a little bit more and you ditch it a little bit more. See, with me, over time, I sort of inadvertently did this. I kind of stumbled into this whole uh, homework ditching thing because I – I got so frustrated with the homework assignments that I was giving because I didn't think, you know, kids gave me the bare minimum effort and I didn't think they were getting anything out of it. So I slowly inadvertently started weaning myself off of it just because I was so jaded with homework. And eventually I turned around and I realized, wow, I haven't given homework in like a couple of weeks. And I would look at their proficiency in class because I taught high school Spanish and you know they were speaking Spanish just as well, if not better than before. We weren't fighting about homework, so that gave me more time in class right there. Yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. have to talk about the homework and fight about the homework and return the homework and go over the homework. We just did Spanish. You know, we we got more minutes, more of those precious instructional minutes, which I found are the the most beneficial thing that we can give to kids. And um, so we, I just sort of did it little by little, and I started to, in the evidence in my classroom. The results in my classroom were growing and growing to the point that I couldn't avoid it anymore. And I think when you show that there are some results for this and you just work your way into it little by little, I think that that can be really powerful. True. I remember when you, your book came out last year with uh, your and Alice Keeler's book, and I got it as a, as a download on, on my Kindle. And I, straight away, that first chapter really inspired yeah. me. And there was one bit... Uh, when you're talking about alternatives um, to using uh, the traditional textbook in that first chapter, and, and you talk about using right. uh, some kind of cultural Google Hangout, oh yeah, and that that inspired me so much. And I think there's a, there's a case study in there of a teacher who who goes to Africa, and and yeah, can yeah. I tell that story really fast? Yeah, please do. It's one of my absolute favorite stories. Yeah, the idea is to use video calls, Google Hangouts, Skype, whatever. And um, this was a a friend of mine named Mike Soskel who took uh, fourth and fifth grade kids and they were getting ready to do some sort of kind of like a singing recital and they wanted to practice in front of an audience. And Mike, who's very well connected, he said, I bet I can get you somebody. 
and he got connected with um, via Skype. He got connected with a um, with a teacher in Kenya. And so the kids got to sing their songs in English, and the Kenyan kids sang traditional Swahili songs back to them, and the call was over with, and Mike thought it was like over and done. But the kids found out that these other kids lived in the Kabira slum in Nairobi, and they started learning about it, and they came to him, and he said, they said, Mr. Soskal, we've got to help these kids. Hmm. So Mike's like, okay, what do you want to – those are like magical words, aren't they? Yeah. If students come to you and they say, we've got to help, that's that's like magic. And so – they started they cooked up this idea that they needed that these kids needed water filters because they knew that cholera was a big deal and dr- safe drinking water so they were able to raise all of this money they partnered together with other schools and mike actually flew to kenya and delivered these um water filters to this um to the school and the whole thing was captured on a, a video call with all the schools that participated. And I remember one of the one of my favorite moments of this is that while those water filters were being delivered, Mike made one big mistake. He looked at the screen and he saw his students and there were he saw these tears streaming down his own kids' faces as they watched this happen because they realized that they could make a difference in other kids' lives. They literally saved lives through that project. So cool. And you know, they didn't they didn't really it didn't totally, totally sink in until that happened. And, you know, fourth and fifth grade kids who, you know, they're starting to get to that age where um, you know, the the whole egocentric nature of, you know, my life revolves around me and my friends and everything. And this was them seeing that they made a huge impact on somebody else. And he said we tied a lot of things that we did in that project back to our standards and back to our curriculum. But the one thing that kids will never, ever forget about that is that they can make a difference, that they can go out and they can change somebody's life and they can do good and they can do it in the in the course of what they do in the classroom. One of my absolute favorite stories to tell. So I'm I re- glad you gave I re- me a couple minutes to say Yeah, it. and I, I, I got a lot from that. And I just, while yeah. you were speaking, there, I was thinking I love the fact that the the kids in that classroom could have opened a textbook. They could have seen a picture of mm-hmm. the Kibera slum in, in Kenya. They could have read a bit about one of the students' lives, and then they could have turned the page in the textbook. It could have literally been that. But instead, yeah. they went on to, to literally save lives. That's, it's, yeah. it's phenomenal. Yeah, really because is. they were real people. You know, They yeah, weren't yeah. just pictures in a textbook. They were real people. That's what's missing a lot of times, that emotional connection to real people. That's what I love about all that. Yeah. And that, that idea of cultural hangouts uh, inspired me to do one of my own. I, one of my classes here in, in the north of England, we, we made a connection with a school in Ohio in America, which was fantastic. Oh, nice. Yeah. and That's not too far from me, actually. My state oh, really? is right next door to Ohio, so that's, <laughs> that's cool. That's, that, yeah, that is. And it was great for, my, for my, the 11-year-olds in my class got to, got to see that other world, that um, strange world of America. <laughs> uh, oh, right, yeah. Oh, my, uh, it can be strange, too, I tell you. <laughs> but, it, no, it was, it was fantastic. And you could see the, the, the faces of the kids in Ohio, seeing what it was like in, in an English classroom. And it just right. that experience, it, it was fantastic. And, yeah, just, just thanks for that, because it was, it was that chapter in, in your book that inspired that. Yeah, that's amazing. That I think I really do believe that when classes get connected like that through video calls, when you can see and hear real life people, I think kids are changed through that. And that's the stuff that they really remember. And I I just really feel like as far as ways that we can use technology meaningfully to make real positive differences in kids, I think that the sky's the limit for that. So yeah, I'm I'm still very excited about it too. You've kind of already answered this question, but I just want to get into it in a little more depth in terms sure. of the uh, pedagogy. In that, do you think is is technology gonna stick around in the classroom? Do you, do you think it? What I'm saying is, does it actually improve learning for the outcomes that students need, or or can a lot of this stuff be quite gimmicky? Uh, yes to all of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think anyway, yes, it can be all of that. I think it can have, um, I think that it can have enormous potential to change lessons and change kids' lives. Um, but it can also have the potential to be, like you said, very gimmicky and very superficial. And I think it can actually hurt learning. Um, I really believe that technology in the classroom is kind of like fire, Fire is great yeah, cool. because like fire keeps us warm. Fire cooks our food. 
fire when used, you know, in a controlled situation can, you know, burn brush that we wanted to get rid of a lot faster than we could. It's powerful and useful, but when it's used improperly, it can burn down buildings and it can end lives and it can create mass destruction. And I, there, there may be a little bit of overstating on that when comparing it to technology in the classroom, but in some ways, maybe not. Because, you know, for, for a long time, especially when we were still wrapping our brains around using technology in the classroom, I think just the idea of using it, you know, when we got those first laptops in the classroom or those first iPads or, you know, back in the day when there was like three desktop computers in a classroom and we thought we are so innovative for even having these in here, you know? And then we would do the exact same kind of learning that we were doing on paper, but we would do it with those computers. And we thought we are, we are changing these kids lives. And, you know, really all, all we were doing was we were just doing the same, you know, the same thing with technology. Um, And I think, I think you're right that sometimes it can be gimmicky and we look and especially for those of us that are connected online, sometimes we see the new flashy thing and we think, I've got to use that in my classroom. And there's even, I think, a little bit of guilt and shame when at least put on ourselves. I know I've dealt with this, where something new comes out and you see a lot of people talking about it and you think, oh, I need to, I need to use that because so-and-so is using that and so-and-so is using that. And if it doesn't fit into your teaching, see, the thing I always come back to is this. Does it move the needle for learning? Yeah. When you when you compare with technology versus without technology, um, and it's like this writing assignment that we're doing, let's f- let's try to identify how much learning is coming out of this. Now, let's do a writing activity where we make it a blog, and kids are interacting with each other on their blogs, and maybe we're sharing it with a bigger audience. Mm-hmm. And now that they're getting that bigger audience, has the needle for learning moved? Has it made a positive move? And I think if it if it does, then it's worth its salt. Yeah. Agreed. But if it doesn't, or e- there are even times, I believe, where it takes up more time. Now, sometimes technology is going to take time to learn, and I'm okay with that as long as eventually it pays off. But whenever things take us longer, I used to do things like this too, where I would use a technology tool to do something that would take a simple like show of hands. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, who wants to do this? Who doesn't want to do this? Okay, we're done. That took five seconds. Or I'd say, here, let's do this digital poll to figure that out. And it takes five minutes and boom, that, you know, there there's five minutes wasted out of class. Um, I think if it moves the needle for learning, then it's worth it. But if it's not, and if it's not going to pay dividends eventually, then I think that it's it's not worth it. So that's that's my two cents on that. Yeah, and I think I think that ties into where we've talked about you know the salmon model, that redefinition. You're trying to redefine this oh, yeah. stuff, aren't you? And so what, one of the things that we hear you, you you're talking about uh, quite a lot is Flipgrid, and I know that that, mm-hmm. that, that you love that, and we are absolutely. Um, we're loving that and we're trying to revolutionize yeah. schools with that because it's just so good giving students a voice and, and doing that quite quite creatively yeah. but in in terms of um where we go with this uh, you've said you want to ditch your textbooks you said you wanted to ditch the homework <laughs> what, yeah. what what next do you want to get rid of <laughs> oh goodness i don't know and see that's funny because yeah. whenever i started this brand i wasn't on like a crash course for uh throwing everything away <laughs> i didn't realize it was going to totally work out this way um <laughs> So, yeah, it's the, you know, the ditch that textbook brand came um, from my own classroom, my high school Spanish classroom, where my textbooks just weren't serving my students and it wasn't creating what I wanted. Yeah. And so we just quit using them. Um, the homework just kind of came naturally. And Alice and I talked about writing that book and, and then it happened. And so I'm not like out for how many other things can we ditch. And I even feel like sometimes when people see my books, they're like, well, he wants us to ditch the homework and he wants us to ditch the textbook. I mean, what am I going to use? What else am I going to, you know, what's the next thing that he's going to ditch that's going to be bad for me to, to use? <laughs> but um, actually, um, I don't really have another ditch thing coming up on my own that I'm writing, but um, I will make a little, I will break a little bit of news uh, with you guys and tell you that I do have another book that I'm signed on to write and it actually doesn't have the word ditch in it at all. <laughs> oh, cool. We're looking forward to that. that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. 
And uh, well, so. I, I, I personally would like to uh, like to ditch the school uniform. Uh, oh, nice, <laughs> but yeah. but that I was having a bit of a debate about that in my classes today uh, about uniform because yeah. we had a, we have uh, in the UK we have um, non-uniform days quite a lot where students can pay and it goes towards charity. Um, oh, nice! And and the, the great things students love that. Uh, and we're asking a question about whether they wanted to ditch ditch the uniform, whether it was good, whether it was bad, or whether they were <laughs> whether useful or not. So so I don't think that's really a book, but. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But it is a movement, I think, you know, yeah, probably. That, that maybe you guys could start. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. But um, I, w- I was going to mention um, this this book since I since I did sort of let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. Yeah, go for it. Um, I wanted I wanted to tell you the title of it, at least. Yeah, do. Yeah. So um, the the guy who published my book, Ditch That Textbook, is Dave Burgess, who wrote the book Teach Like a Pirate. Yeah. And, love it. Um, love it. So there have been all these other pirate books that have come out. And um, so I'm going to finally, for the first time, write my own pirate book. Cool. And nice. so instead of teach like a pirate, we're just going to eliminate the A out of that word teach. And so my book is going to be tech like a pirate. Nice. Like it. Yeah. Like so it. I'm already in the planning stages of that. I'm excited to get started on it. Hopefully within the next year or so, that'll be coming out. So that'll be less ditching things and more pirate things. Yeah. Cool. Look out for that. That's an in-the-studio exclusive there. Yeah. That's, That's right. Smart. That's right. There you go. So um, we we just want to kind of finish with this one last question. And that is for all the, the all the teachers out there who are kind of going at it alone. And I know kind of a lot of us who are using tech in the classroom and and I, and, I, and I'm sure this probably happened with you it's at some point Matt when when you're in a school and you you're pushing this this new way of teaching and you're yeah. alone and you're trying to get other teachers on board but their their mm-hmm. workload uh is, is is too much um you're trying to get other people galvanized with it um there's going to be lots of teachers out there listening to this who who are like that and are, and are not really making much way with that what advice yeah. would you give them yeah. Um, and this, this totally, this question totally resonates with me because, um, in the, in the small rural schools where I've taught, um, where I've been the entire world languages department of my entire school district, you know, <laughs> um, the only one, it did make me, it did make department meetings really easy, by the way, when you're in department of one, <laughs> yeah. department, department, but, um, when that happens, um, and you really do feel all alone and by yourself. And so um, a couple of things there. One, I'd say when you feel alone, I think that's where it's even more important to be connected. Um, and that can be through social media. I yeah. mean, Twitter makes it really easy to get connected with other like-minded educators to remind yourself that you are not alone, that there are other people like you who want to do great things for kids and who want to change the way that school looks. So I think that's one part of it. But um, I think whenever you're, you're by yourself, it's not, it would be nice to see other teachers teaching like that and to help move things forward. But I think, I think if you try too much to change the whole climate and culture of the school all by yourself, that's an awful lot for one person to do. Yeah, true. However, I will say this, that whenever somebody in your school does something cool that moves the needle, that is effective, that makes a difference in kids, and other people start to notice it, that may be your best chance to change a teacher's hardened heart. Because you know those teachers that have the hard hearts that are like, I'm going to do it my way. I've done it this way for 20 years. I'm not going to change. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested. And some of those some of those teachers, you aren't going to change them. But some of them are probably going to be more apt to make those changes because somebody else in their school did it. And they can see the effects of it. Yeah. And it's not like I'm just getting sold by somebody who's trying to write a book or a consultant that um, – or a consultant that comes in and says, here's how you need to do things. But if it's an actual real live teacher across the hall from you, I think that that's one of the most powerful things to make change. And sometimes change is slow and change is hard and it takes forever. But little you know, little nudges in the right direction can go a long, long way. And so I'd say for those of you that, that feel alone, A – Try not to feel alone and try to surround yourself with people that will build you up. But B, 
you know, keep pushing that boulder. I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I like to compare uh, making change to pushing a boulder. You know, if you want to yeah. get a boulder rolling, you go, you push on it, you push on it, you push on it. You feel like, man, this boulder isn't going anywhere. Am I a fool for pushing on this big rock trying to move it? And that's the moment where a lot of times that's the moment right before something happens. Yeah. And then that boulder budges just a little bit and you see it and you go, huh, maybe I can move this thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you apply just as much, if not more, of force, and then it budges a little more, and it budges a little more, and all of that time that you spent pushing, eventually you finally start to see a little bit of results, and that's the that's the inflection point. And if you keep pushing, then that's where a lot of that big change can happen. So I would encourage people. I know this has been a long answer, but I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah. I would I would encourage people that if um if they feel like they're in that moment, um. You know, keep pushing. Try if you can to keep pushing on that boulder, because the next moment might be the moment where you start to see that change. Yeah, absolutely. No, that 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 makes sense. And and actually, I, I was uh, on my way to uh, to recording this this podcast. I was listening mm-hmm. to um, the Google Teacher Tribe, and uh, mm-hmm. episode forty six was actually talking about your G Suite helpline, wasn't it? And about the support right. of other people. Yeah. And so, um, for those people who who haven't listened yet to to Matt and Casey on their uh, on their podcast, then we really would recommend you go to googleteachertribe dot com. And that episode mm-hmm. is is number forty six, so literally slash forty six at the end of that. Uh, but definitely go and listen to that and find some people to, yeah. to support and, you. Hey, can I can I do a quick uh, shout out also for a new podcast that I just started too? Google Teacher Tribe. We're we're actually Casey and I are getting ready to record episode fifty right now, so we're like fifty episodes into this thing, which is awesome. Cool. Um, but I've also started a new kind of like project um, that's called the the Ditch That Textbook Podcast, and it's a little like five minutes a day daily show where I just have kind of like one little idea to get you going at the beginning of the day. Um, and so I've got interviews with teachers sometimes, sometimes it's just me, but that's another thing kind of in a different format than Google teacher tribe. So kind of like two different things there. If, if any of your listeners want to try out a new podcast, Google teacher tribe would be awesome. And maybe ditch that textbook would be good too. Nice. We'll get on that. Yeah, definitely. So make sure everybody, make sure we we go to have a look at those things, but also follow Matt on Twitter at jmattmiller. And uh, Matt's also talked about uh, his books, a couple of them that are out there, Ditch That Homework and Ditch That Textbook. Um, Please, please, please get hold of them. I know that they're available on Amazon. Uh, but the great news is, is that Matt has been really kind and has suggested um, that he would uh, that he would give us a book away as part of our competition yeah. this time. So we're we're really grateful for that, Matt. So one of our mm-hmm. lucky winners can can enter our competition and um, and win a copy of Matt's book. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, Matt. Thanks for joining us on this episode. It's been really great having you here, and there's so much there that we need to take away, re-listen, and and digest. So, yeah, thanks very much. Hey, my pleasure. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, may the Googles be with you. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell Ben really wants to be on your show? (laughs) Yes, I do. I can kind of tell that, yes. (laughs) If if anything ever happens to Casey, Ben's going to step in. Yeah, I'm a a total fanboy, total fanboy. Oh, I love no, that. If something true. does happen to Casey, it wasn't us, by the way. <laughs> so in this section, we love to showcase a tool that might be useful for you in the classroom or useful for you as administrators, uh, whatever you're doing. Today's tool is going to be Trello. Dan, talk to us about how you're using Trello. Yeah, I've been using Trello for a while now, and um, it's it's essentially a project management application. Now, you can get to it on a web browser. It's also got an app for your phone or for your tablet or device. Um, it's it's kind of, in a simple way, it's, it's a board on your screen made up of lists. Doesn't sound uh, very interesting. There are there are lots of apps that do something similar, but but I really think this this is worth talking about. Um, you can create lists, so kind of like for if you've got department meetings, yeah. So you can have a list for your different department meetings uh, for your different classes. So I have I have a key stage three list, then I have a, a GCSE list for GCSE classes and key stage three classes. You could have a 
a year group, yeah, year group, and different projects that you're working on, different lists. And then within each list, you make something called a card. And within that card, you can have, like, say, for example, you've got a list for a certain uh, class. You can have a card on each different lesson. Or you can have a card on each different meeting if you've got your list for a department, yeah. department meetings. Um, you can share the board uh, with other people, so other people in your department, um, so you can all collaborate. They can collaborate with you on the same board. And it's it's really it's within the card where the, the magic comes, I think. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think it's really important at this point to understand that from a um, my, my previous position was as a head of sixth form and so I often had lots of meetings with different subjects and different subject areas about different groups of students and this is a great place to be able to manage that what is a, what is a huge project of intervention for students this is a this this could be a brilliant way to do that and so in terms of the management it works as a personal management device but it's, I think it's also a whole school or a, a section project management device sorry Dan I know yeah. that you wanted to get into no no I think I think you're totally right and it's it's good to see that because although this can work for your own lessons it can also work in that senior leadership role as well and 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 even your administration staff it's yes in the cards within the lists um you can do so much with it you can you can label it so it has different colors you can create checklists you can put dates in there so due dates and then it reminds you of those dates coming up you can attach things um from your obviously from your computer so documents from your computer but also you can attach things from google drive from dropbox from onedrive you can attach links to to websites there's also um a nice comment stream at the bottom so if you've got multiple people working within the same card they can be having a conversation posting yeah, things on the screen cool. together it is yeah and i know we we've used that feature quite a bit in in having a conversation around certain things obviously you can add a, you can add a description of what the card is also gives you a nice little history of the activity that's happened within that card um yeah and it's just you i think you could use that so well for for example for a lesson um you can have the date of the lesson in there and it reminds you when it's coming up you can have you can attach your slideshow for the lesson uh, the links your resources are in there checklist of what you need to do you can also use it to collaborate on a lesson so plan a lesson with another teacher in your department and a collaborative lesson planning um is a lot of schools are doing it now so yeah. it, it allows that um to work really well also just communicating with each other through the common stream and, and suggesting things for the lesson so yeah it's um it's really it's really it's it's a hub or a mission control i think yeah. for for your organization but i think it could be for your your school yeah. or, or your company or ho- however you want to use it yeah i think that's i think that's really cool i think seeing it from a uh, a variety of different tiers is important and so when you when you create a board um you can have multiple boards by the way uh, when you create a board it, it, it becomes drop down lists and so we've used this for our uh, a number of our different projects that we're working on at the moment so obviously we're working on a podcast and the summit and all the things that are coming up with that loads and loads yeah. of different resources that we're working on as well and then i've got a separate board for my for teaching so i've got all my classes in there which is on a completely separate board so what 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 really appeals to me is the fact that um as a as a a bit of a control freak when it comes to projects and knowing what's going on um i i often want to know what other people are working on and what other people are, are, are seeing and this gives me a really great snapshot uh, across across what everybody's working on and what everybody's developing so dan does a lot of the cards that are here and i'm just jumping in and then i'll add a different list and i'll add different cards as well and everybody can see that and the great thing is is it gives you a nice little uh it goes red if things things have changed in it recently so that you're not like um you're not you're not worried and thinking oh is that updated is that not updated so yeah a brilliant brilliant um little resource yeah, and it's it's free as well. Um, obviously, the, you can. We love free, Dan. Yeah, we do. Uh, there's business packages, and I think the, their top package is called the enterprise package. But uh, for I think just for that basic usability that we're talking about, it's it's absolutely free. So have a look at it. It's www.trello. That's t r e l l o dot com. So we always try and build up your online PLN and encourage you to do that. Uh, I know that in the um, in in the interview with Matt, he talked about uh, people to follow and also why it was important to make sure that you have a, a bit of an online community. So as we always do, we've got a couple of people that you might want to follow. The first one is at Oliver Trussell. 
Uh, Trussell is in the show notes. If you go to www.theeditechproject.com slash podcast, Oliver Trussell is on there. Uh, Ollie is a brilliant um, teacher, former maths teacher. In fact, I think he still does a little bit. No, I think he's just gone. He's just gone full time doing doing some of his tech stuff. But I know that he was a maths teacher in a classroom, uh, using loads of cool tech tools. He, he blogs about that. He, he does some work. Um, showcasing the Google tools and also has, has set up a, a couple of businesses that, that work with that. So go follow Ollie. Yeah, um, also I want to recommend, um, there's a teacher who I work with at my school called uh, Samantha Broom. She is an MFL teacher, a modern foreign language teacher. She's the subject lead for that in my school. She's got her own website, uh, languagesresources.co.uk, where she puts a lot of uh, things for for foreign language teachers up there so if you're a foreign language teacher get on there there's lots of resources on there she's um she's really in the know when it comes to ed tech as well she she uses a lot of a lot of those tools and integrates them into her classroom she also writes a lot of uh workbooks for exam boards which is which is cool so yeah check uh sam broom out and that her twitter handle is at accrington mfl that's a-c-c-r-i-n-g-t-o-n-m-f-l That is all we've got time for for this episode. Thanks for listening. Um, this it's been a fantastic episode. It's been great to have Matt Miller on. Uh, remember, we've been talking about ditching homework, and Matt is offering that book to you free of charge as a prize. All you have to do is go on to our iTunes account for this podcast and leave a review. Uh, leave a review. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a good review or a bad review. Um, give us some encouragement. Give us some feedback. Whatever you want to say, you will be entered in for that prize. And don't forget, you can connect with us. I know that we've we've talked to you about our social media, but we we love to hear from you. If you've got any tools that you want us to review, anything you want to talk about, any any feedback on what we've been talking about, your use of Trello or other tools like that, please do get in contact with us through social media or through email. If you are in the UK and you would like to come and meet us, we're going to be at the Edutech Summit in Lancashire, which is coming up in June, June the 29th. We're organising that as part of our our company, the Edutech Project. So please come along. We've got some amazing speakers coming up, uh, some great keynote speakers, also some workshops, hands-on workshops. So if if there's somebody in your school who is is kind of inquiring about this kind of thing, uh, maybe someone in leadership who wants to know a bit more about it, bring them along. There is an early bird special uh, price of £50 per ticket, which is which in this day and age is nothing really. Um, yeah. Come along. And that deal is available to the... F- until the 1st of May. Uh, we've got Mark Allen, uh, Ed in the Clouds, who's going to be coming in and giving us a talk. Dr. Neil and Palmer, Henry Platten, who we've already mentioned, Andrew Strachan, uh, yeah, and loads of others, educators, people who are actually working in the field or in the classroom every day are going to come and share some tips. So come along to that and you can book onto that by going to www.theedutechproject.com forward slash events. It's been brilliant. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have a good week. See you later. Bye.